about. We've been talking about family. And the principles within this series we learned from a mentor of ours named Andy. Grandy a mentor, Andy. Um, sorry. A mentor from a distance. And and when we heard it, we, we thought, wow, we, we, we have to share this with our folks. Because and in fact, you great. said, Harley, you need to hear this. Right, right. It's just great, great material. Very uh-huh. practical, too. Uh, and in this series, we're talking about the real versus the ideal. And, and what it is, God has this ideal for us. And, and it is um, that we love our wives like Christ loved the church, that that, you know, we, we stay married forever, that we have great relationships, and that's ideal. But, but real life is that that stuff don't, doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and there's tension in between the two, between the real and the ideal. In our society, we want to resolve that tension by a lot of times lowering down the standard of ideal. We find out that Jesus did never lower the standard, mm-hmm. that he raised the standard. And the tension in between got greater and, and he knew he knew we would blow it, yep. and he knew that he would forgive us, and he knew that we should always strive for the ideal, even when we're living in real life and it doesn't even look like it's attainable. So today, in week number three of this series, let me just pause and say, if you missed any of these messages in this series, or you hear this message and you think, man, I want my husband or wife to hear that. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that later. Son-in-law. Right. <laughs> Mother-in-law. I don't know. Um, but if you want to hear this again or have someone you missed a series message in this series, the easiest way is the Stuttgart Harvest Church app. There's a message link in that app. You can listen to any of those messages anytime. Um, but today we're going to talk about conflict. And you know, Harley, one thing I love about our church is the diversity that we have. Lots of fights. Um, <laughs> no, oh, not the conflict. Oh, I'm sorry. Not I'm the sorry. conflict. Oh. It's the diversity. And, and we are diverse. And your family may look nothing like my family. But here's the deal. Um, even if your family doesn't, the one thing we have in common is conflict. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all have conflict in common. And and. You know, when we're talking about conflict and arguments in the family, you never really win an argument in a family. Even if you win, you don't really win, do you? And you may be able to win an argument in the boardroom or in in the courtroom or on the baseball field or whatever. But when it comes to home, you don't really win. Because, guys, if you really do win an argument, the only thing you may be winning is a night in the (laughs) doghouse. But you don't win anything. Uh, When it comes to conflict and arguments at home and the thing that really even compounds this even more are our different personalities and how we uh, respond and how we handle that conflict. And there's a few different uh, personalities when it comes to families. And uh, you may have in your family a family lawyer. And this is the person that, that is good at argument. They don't have to go to law school. Right. No, no. They didn't go to law school, but they're good. And they're like calling in witnesses when you're arguing. <laughs> like, come on, you remember they're that pull, time? Pulling up proof right, on your cell phone. Right. Here, I got video. Anyway, that's the family lawyer. And they're good at it. And they love to argue. And they're always looking to win an argument. And no one wants to argue with no. them. Um, and because even if they don't win right off the bat, they're so persistent that everyone else just gives up. And they just win eventually because they keep on, just keep on arguing. They hammer it. And their motto is, no one understands as much as I do. Yeah. There's another family member that you might have, and it's called the family medic. 
the family medic is always checking in to make sure that everyone's okay, that everyone is okay with everyone, and everyone's getting along, and everything is smooth and peaceful, and their motto is, why can't everyone just get along? What's wrong with everybody? Right, and then you have the, the family megaphone, and this person is always yelling and they are loud they are emotional about everything and they can go from happy yelling to not happy yelling in like a split second and that's the, the family megaphone then we have the family rerouter they're always looking to detour away from conflict or, or, or avoid it somehow maybe they just ignore it at all cost, they want to get away from conflict. And they're, if you ask this person, hey, is everything okay? They're going to always say what? Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, everything's I'm good. good. I'm fine. <laughs> Their motto is, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Right. And as long as there's families, there will be conflict. And last week, we, we looked at a, a principle and a message that was very practical. And this week, we're hoping it'll be just the same, just very practical things. Um, and there are many different types or kinds of conflict, but there's only really one source of conflict. And if you can take hold of, of the principle that we're going to talk about today, and you can use it, and you can pause and actually use that, that has the potential of lowering the temperature when we get into those conflicts, when we get into those arguments. And if everyone in your household can do this, and we realize that's ideal, real versus ideal, that is ideal. But if everyone can do it, it can drastically change the dynamic of your family. Okay, so today we're going to look at a, a passage of Scripture, and God actually uses uh, the brother of Jesus to pass on this principle to us. And I would think if, if hardly if anyone had conflict, it would be the James, the brother of Jesus, because imagine growing up with Jesus, the Son of God, as your older brother. <laughs> so every time you do something, they're like, why can't you be more like Jesus? <laughs> look, Jesus is over there doing it purpose. James, James what, what is this? That, that don't even look right. Look at Jesus. Why you got to keep sinking in the water, right. James? Just walk on the water. Jesus does it. How hard is it? <laughs> Imagine everything you've done would be compared to Jesus. So, you know, when I think about conflict, there had to be conflict there. So James, the brother of Jesus, God uses him to teach us about conflict. And we're going to start out this morning in James chapter 4, um, verse number 1. And, and right out of the gate here, James asks this very profound question. He says, uh, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Okay, and now if I was brave, and I'm not, I would ask you to turn to the person that you came to church with this morning and ask them, what causes fights and quarrels among us? And we're not going to do that because then you know what we would have? Fights and quarrels. <laughs> among us. Among us. <laughs> because it would just take a moment and they would be saying, you cause fights and quarrels. And you would be saying, no, you cause fights and quarrels among us. And, but here is the deal. Um, every time we blame someone else for our unhappiness, you are taking your happiness and handing it to that very person you're in conflict with. You're saying, hey, yeah, hold on to this and, and give it back to me when you can act better. Um, that's basically what we're saying. And, and now, how many of you would 
actually want to do that, right? We, we think how just crazy that sounds, but nobody would choose to do that. But it's exactly the choice we're making when we point at them and we say, you should have. And if you would only, and you ought to, and, and you never, and you told me you wouldn't again, and you should. And when we do that, you're saying, I cannot be happy unless you do something different. And chances are, if you are unhappy sitting here this morning, there's something going on at home. And you think if they would only act differently, I would get my happiness back. And James is going to unpack this, this very relevant question for us this morning. And hopefully we can take some steps towards solving this. And, you know, I'm, I'm not smart enough to come up with this stuff on my own. And I, um, I'm not agreeing. I shook my head, but I wasn't He's agreeing, agreeing with no, you. I, I was saying I'm, I'm not, not either. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't come out right on my Thanks, head shake. Harley. Harley. Bad Thanks. timing on the uh, head shake. I'm sorry. Neither Harley or I are smart enough to come up with this on our own. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, what I meant. And if, if it were not for the Word of God, I, I wouldn't have the guts to tell you yes. um, to do what we're telling you to do today. Right. James continues here with James 4 verse 1. What causes fights and quarrels among you? And then he answers this question. Don't, don't they, don't they come from desires that battle within you? He's saying something is inside of you that is the cause every, every time there is a fight and a quarrel. But I want to say, no, 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 no. It's something inside of them. That's the cause. It's something inside of them or something they've done or, so, you know, it's it's they are the reason. And James is so, saying, no, 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 no. The source, the root is something inside of you. It's something inside of me. And then he answers this. Well, what is that that's inside of me? And he says in verse two, you want something but you don't get it. This is so critical. Don't check out on us. Don't miss this. Every time, every time I have conflict, I want something. I want something from them or around them, about them. I want something that I'm not getting or something that's not happening, something I don't have. I want something. And that's what James is saying. Every time you have a conflict, there's something inside of you. Something's going on inside of you. And there's, there is something on some level that you want. And then notice the next two words. He says in, in, in the verse, it continues. He says, you kill. Now, James is not speaking to death row inmates here. He's not speaking to people who have really gone out and physically killed somebody. He's actually talking to the church. Now, I mean, I mean, it could have been bad. I, I don't know. But he's speaking to the church. So he's not saying you're a bunch of murderers. But here's what he's saying. He's talking. Uh, he's using exaggeration. And, and what he's saying is he's saying you're not really physically killing each other in the church. This is the specific point he's saying. When you have conflict with someone, here's the point. There's something deep inside of you, deep inside of me, 
that I want or you want so badly, I want this so badly, I'm willing to hurt someone to get it. There are parents all the time who kill their relationship with a child because the child won't do what they want them to do. Some of you left home at 17, 18 years old because of something that was happening in the home like that. A parent wanted you to do something that's certain something in a certain way and you wouldn't do it. And they were all over you about it. And so you left, you took off. There was something you wanted them to do, to stop doing or to start, or you wanted them to do something differently. So you took off and you were out of there. And if we asked you this morning and we said, well, tell us about the conflict. And, and you would say something like this possibly. Well, they wouldn't. They wouldn't do this. Or, or if, you, if we asked them, th your parent, they might say, well, she wouldn't or he, or he wouldn't do this. Or, or he kept doing this. And so the relationship was killed. It was hurt. It was harmed. Husbands who are cutting down their wives, wives who are criticizing their husbands, parents who are wearing out their children, kids who are running down their parents because we want something or we, we want them to do something or to stop doing something. And here are the key words. Don't miss this. We want me. I. I want something. I desire to get something out of them, something from them. And when I want it badly enough, I will hurt or even destroy that other person relationally in order to make that happen. That is the conflict. Some of us are doing that in our lives with someone in our family right now. And we defend our actions with our words, with our behaviors. We defend it by saying, I want what's best for them. If they would only just listen to my advice, I, we, or we defend it with words by saying, well, they owe me that. But the reality is this. Do you know why you hurt the people who are closest to you? Here's the reality. Because they are the people closest to you. Close to you. Do you know why most of our conflict is with these people? The people who matter the most to you. Because they are close to you. The inner you. And you want something from them. Now, regardless of if we deserve it or not, that's not the topic. We'll, we'll address that in just a moment. But if we want something badly enough, we have the potential to relationally destroy that person. The whole time that we're arguing, fussing, leaving notes around the house uh, or in their car or, or sending them text, fighting with them, the whole time you're saying, it's you, it's you. If you would only, it's you. If you would just, and James is saying, no, 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 no. It's you. It's you. You want something and you're not getting it. 
and you're not going to get it. We're using our words and our actions to try to force it, to get it forcefully one way or another. Now, if we could simply just pause. Imagine what might happen in your homes if each person in your household would just simply own this one principle. Right. So James goes on and he says, you kill and you covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and you fight. And it is just a vicious giant circle that we can't get out of because you want something you're not getting. You know, if, if you can retrain yourself to, to pause and remind yourself to pause when, when you get into that heated conflict and the temperatures rising and you know these are the kind of situations that you're going to say something or do something that you are almost immediately going to regret that is going to damage that relationship if we can pause and say you know part of not all of not everything but part of the reason I'm upset is because I'm not getting what I want. You know, that, that changes conflict. If everyone in your family can pause and recognize, you know, part of my problem is I'm not getting what I want. What if each of us could admit that? Part of the problem, not, not all of it. Not saying we don't need to talk about some things, not saying we don't need to address and, and work some things out, but the root of the conflict that I have is inside of me. And I'm not getting something I want. If you're thinking, wow, you know, I wish that, that my husband that I've been asking to come to church, I wish he was here, I wish that my teenager was here to hear this, to listen to this, James would be like, really? That is the problem. <laughs> You're not listening. It is for us. It is for you. Part of the problem is I'm not getting something I want. And, you know, we don't like to own any of that responsibility, not even a little bit of it. We, we like to pass that responsibility off. But the moment we take even just a little bit of ownership, the temperature lowers a little bit in the conflict. And the reason we have a hard time stopping and taking that ownership is because we lose some leverage. And you know this. You know when you're in an argument and you take any amount of responsibility, you instantly lose leverage. And you have the potential of losing the fight or the argument, right? But remember, you don't really win. You still lose. As soon as... We take ownership or part of it. We must stop and, and focus on that part, even if it's a small part. And you would say, but Donnie, you, you don't understand my situation. He, he promised. And, and they said they wouldn't, and they keep on, and they said they would, but they haven't again. And, and I'm not getting what I want. It's the same thing, isn't it? I want you to keep your promise. See, I want. You're not getting what you want. You know, I, <laughs> you don't understand, but we all have those moments, those situations, those relationships where they promised again and again, and you're just not getting 
what you want. And you would say, it's not fair. I agree. It may not be fair. But, you know, here's the deal. We only pull out the fair card when it benefits us, right? Because fairness ended in the Garden of Eden. And even, even fairness, when it comes to fairness, and we're saying, I, we're basically saying when it's not fair, we're saying, I want fairness. And that goes back to the same thing. I'm not getting what I want. Yeah. And James doesn't end there. He keeps going. He says, you do not have, and he's talking about this thing inside of you, this thing you want, you do not have because you do not ask God. Now, if you're not a Christ follower this morning, we are glad that you're here. And everything we've said up to this point is something you can apply directly to your life. When you're in a conflict, you can stop and pause and say, listen, there's something inside of me causing part of this. And it's something that I want that's not happening. There's something I want that's causing it. You can pause and do that. But this next part that we're speaking strictly right now, this moment, to Christ's followers. James is saying, before you go into a conversation, uh, a confrontation, if you know one is inevitable and you're headed that way, an argument, a fight, before you write a note, before you, you type up uh, a text, before you send that email, before you leave that note, before you rush in and have a conversation, before you do any of that, here's what James says, has it occurred to you to get on your knees and say, God, I, I want my husband to, to be more kind. Or God, I, I want my wife to be more supportive. Or God, I, I want my child to be more responsible. Or dear God, please make my child stop dating that person. Whatever it might be, James is saying, have you thought before you move into that confrontation, because there is something inside of you, something you want, before you try to extract from that person something you want, before you try to take them and squeeze it out of them, stop and take that want that you have to God and say, God, there's something I want here, something I want from them, and I'm not getting it. And so as James is asking, does, does that thought occur to you? And for most of us, we would say usually not because we're already so mad that we don't have what we want. And when we do pray about it, we're saying, God, change her or change him, stop him, stop her, fix him, fix her. Please make them do what I want. And maybe ultimately what you want and what you are not getting, maybe ultimately you're, you're trying to squeeze it out of them. And unfortunately, ultimately, that emotional need that you have inside of your life is something fortunately that only God can meet in your life but you're looking at that person to meet that need he says you don't have because you have not talked to God about meeting that need in your life 
And we're not saying, as Donnie said, we're not saying that there's not conversations that need to be had. We're not saying that things don't need to be discussed. That's not what we're saying. But before you do, he's saying, have you met with God first, consistently with God, honestly with God, so that you're able to enter into a conversation with low heat instead of high heat. And you're able to say in that conversation, I know that part of the problem in this scenario is there is something I want and I'm not getting it. And beyond that, part of what I want, part of it, you don't even really have to give me. And I've been trying to squeeze it out of you, to squeeze it out of you. And eventually from squeezing to choking it out of you. And I end up choking the life out of you. I've been trying to get out of you me feeling better. I've been trying to get out of you a sense of self-worth for me. I've been trying to get out of you a feeling of happiness for me. I've been trying to get out of you an image that I want other people to think of about me. Part of what I, I knew I didn't have before we got into this, before we got married, I, I, I knew maybe you did not have this, and I thought over time I could change you, or that maybe you would develop this, you would see the light, see it my way. But listen to how James goes on with this in verse 3. When you do, when you ask God, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. Here are those wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on pleasures, on yourself. Now, ultimately, James is saying, if we will just take a deep breath, as Donnie said, a pause, and allow God to work in our hearts about what we really want, that thing that maybe we're trying to squeeze our happiness out of their behavior. And you know, sometimes, James is saying here, sometimes God is not going to do what you want him to do. He's not going to make that happen because like any good parent, no good parent gives their child everything they want when they want it the way that they want it. He says, take this this need, what you're really wanting, take that to God. And then, can you take no for an answer? Can you take it to God, this thing you want inside? Can you pause and take that to God? Are you willing to take no for an answer? That could be the answer. Are you willing to take no for an answer? And in this whole process, can you own part of this for you? Can you say part of the problem? Donnie said not, he's not saying all. Part of the problem is there's something I want 
that I'm not getting? And can you start your conversation from a different place? Lower heat. Admitting, I have part of this. There's something I'm not getting that I want. And in doing all of this, you are refusing to take your happiness and place it in their hands. James is saying, you can be happy whether you get what you want or not. Will you refuse to take your happiness and place it in their hands? And instead, take that and place it in the hands of God and say, God, there's something I want that I'm not getting. I need to talk with you about it. Because perhaps only God can meet that real need that you have. Now, here, this is where the tires hit the street and you gain traction in this whole thing. Because we can talk about it all day. But this is where you will get traction. Here's my question, our question to you. Who in your family right now is suffering because you're not getting what you want? You're not getting it your way. Who in your family is suffering? Who feels pressure, pressure to change, and they're suffering because you're not getting it your way? Now, second question. What can you begin to do today? We don't need to answer this question, I really don't think, you're, because you are amazingly intelligent, and you have made it to this point in your life. What can you begin to do today? What conversation can you begin? What letter or email can you start in order to begin, not, not to finish there, not to get there, but just to begin to take some pressure off of someone that you've been squeezing to get something you want them to do? What can you do today to begin to relieve that pressure? We're asking you to take the pressure off of them. Now, do you know why you fight in your family? Because there's something you want that you're not getting. It applies to me and Donnie and Cole. It applies to you. Do you know why they fight back with you? Because there's something they want that they are not getting. Now to our Christ followers this morning, in your home, we're asking, can you imagine if, if we would do what we're asking, if we would just simply pause before the storm, before that conversation, just pause where we say, Jesus, there's something I'm wanting and I'm not getting. I need you to help me recognize and deal with this thing that I want. My part, help me deal with that before I ever take this to them. Because, yes, there are things that need to be talked about. There are things that need to be discussed, situations that need 
to be talked about, resolutions that we have to come up with, but only God can answer the things deep inside of you that you are wanting. God, do in me what you need to do before I try to squeeze that out of them. Imagine you saying, God, I need you. So, why not? Why not take this to God before we ever take it to them? And maybe we can bring this admission into our conversations. Honey, you know what part of the problem is here? I'm not getting something I want. Let's pray. Father, it seems like so often we are playing catch up in relationships because we've said things and we've done things. We've hurt relationships. We've hurt people. Because, God, I, I don't and we don't in this church, we do not have the ideal. All we have is the real us, the real messed up me, the real messed up us. And, God, we need you. We need you to do inside of us what you can do. And, God, ultimately, really only what you can do. God, if I allow you to do that, I'm not going to be worrying so much about what others around me are not doing. So God, collectively this morning, many of us are asking, Jesus, we need your help. And Jesus, it is in your name that we pray these things. Amen.